Welcome to Hindsight Hacking. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool. And we've talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs hacking their hindsight to give you better foresight. And now we're bringing you those same great interviews along with other mindset hacks, visibility hacks, traffic hacks, and more to get you all the tools you need to gain more visibility and gain more traffic. And of course, gain more sales. So head over to GetHHM.com forward slash toolbox to get all the free resources to help you get more. And so without further ado, let's get to it. What is going on, everybody? How is everyone? So happy to be here with you. And we have a very special guest with us today. So if you're watching live, comment live, let us know where you're at. If you're catching it on the replay, let us know that as well. And coming here in a few days, this will be on iTunes and all the fun places that you can listen to the audio. So Without further ado, let me introduce Mr. Don Mamoni. Hopefully I pronounced that right because I, okay, good. Good, lucky guess on that one today. All right, so Don, he is yes, a career has, in hospitality. So just like Ron and I, he's got some of that background in hospitality. Although we never worked in Beverly, Beverly Hills like Mr. Don did. And uh, the fast-paced lifestyle led him to his own career uh, his own philosophy, I guess I should say, with the people people first, then profit, a photography business, uh, along with some other coaching and some stuff that we're going to dive into today. Uh, but Don, I absolutely love people first, then profit. And if anybody uh, has an issue with that, then they don't belong in the service in, at all, at all, at all. So uh, Don, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me here. Don, we are super excited to connect with you and uh, just kind of swap some stories because, again, Corey and I were in the hospitality industry. Uh, we are not anymore, but for the people that don't know a little bit about you, why don't you expand a little bit about your backstory? Yeah, sure. So uh, I like to say that we're hospitality veterans slash survivors. Nice. Uh, if, you, if you survived uh, a life in hospitality, it says a lot about your character. Yeah, you know, uh, I spent 10 years in in corporate America. I was the director of events for a variety of different hotels throughout Southern California. Uh, you pointed out that the last stop was at the Beverly Hilton in Los Angeles. It took exactly 11 or 12 months to burn me out uh, from a perspective of accepting that the situation that I was in there did not align well with my core values and sort of the direction I wanted to see my life go. So it was very interesting, but it was just before I got to that hotel in my hospitality career where I started really focusing on this concept of people first than profit. And uh, it was interesting because one of my favorite anecdotes as I was leaving LA, so I had decided this isn't a good fit for me. I was going from the property level to uh, corporate America for another couple of years before I became an entrepreneur. And there was this nasty little scene playing itself out at Starbucks. And this woman was in such a hurry. She had her earbud in uh, this was many years ago. So she was fast paced and the poor barista couldn't hear her order and it was confusing. And she just got so frustrated. And I, I looked at her and I said, thank you. And she said, excuse me. And I said, thank you for reminding me why I'm getting in my car and I'm leaving here right now and finding my, my better path. And so it was really interesting. Uh, I drove away, never looked back. I'm not saying everybody in LA is bad, not throwing shade. It just wasn't a good fit for me. And it changed my life. Oh man. Uh, that is awesome. There's so many, so many, uh, Starbucks stories, good and bad, so many different ways, but that is definitely one of the, the, the great ones where you see the random person, 
uh, that you're like, are you kidding me right now? Really? Like, come on, it's just a cup of coffee. Wait a minute. You're going to get it and you're going to enjoy it. So uh, for, I'm going to interrupt for a second. Sorry, Corey, but I've, I worked for Starbucks for what? 12 years, 15 oh. years. So yeah, I got, I got, I got a couple stories. I didn't, I didn't even know that. What a great connection point. I, I tell you, I it it was just one of those moments that crystallized the fact that it wasn't the right place. It wasn't the right time for me. And I think I remember leaning into the barista after I said thank you to this woman who was apparently just very unhappy maybe with her station in life or what was going on. And that was the end of it. But I looked at the barista and I said, you know, just on behalf of everybody else, thanks for being here. And we appreciate you, you doing what you do because... I'm not a I'm not a fun person to be around without my coffee. So I was really glad to be in that space. I like yeah. I like to start my day with a nice, nice brewed cup of coffee. So. Yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So fast forward a little bit. We sorry, fast forward a little bit. And we uh you became in the entrepreneur space. Yeah. Then you ended up with photography. Like kind of why what was the backstory with uh why photography? How did you end up there? Uh, and it sounds like you you were doing it with your wife as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a great photography photography with my wife. Uh, it was really great uh, transition. So uh, I loved high I loved photography since high school, and uh, I just never saw it as a business. Okay, and so uh, it always was a hobby, a passion of mine. Went straight into corporate America. So when I stopped working at the property level. I had all this extra time, you know, hospitality professionals, you know, in yeah. first, out last, long days, long hours, holidays, weekends, all the time. And so I, I remember coming home from my office job at like five, working out, having dinner, doing all that. It was eight o'clock. And I thought, now what? I literally would normally still be at the hotel at this point. So I picked up my camera again and I said, I'm going to dust this off and chase this passion again. And so I started doing event photography in the evening times as a freelancer for magazines around town. And I was never happier than when I was doing that. I would literally finish my day job, do whatever I do, go out on a two or three hour event assignment, deliver the photos. And it was right there. Literally in that moment, I moved to Dallas in uh, November. By January, I'd filed for my DBA and I was starting a side hustle. And fast forward to two years later, there was a change in my employment and I thought now or never. And so I jumped, I became an event photographer. I met my wife and she was a photographer. She was doing fashion and commercial work. A few years after that, we got married. A few years after that, we rebranded and we're going into year 15 now uh, with our own photography studio. It's amazing. That is yeah. so, so cool. Um, it's, it's, it's funny. So not only hospitality backgrounds, but my wife loves photography. Mm -hmm. Little known fact is when we started dating, I bought her a really nice camera mm -hmm. and I took her to the botanical gardens because she loves flowers. And I was like, mm -hmm. we're here all day. You just mm -hmm. go take pictures. And we were there. I don't know. I mean, I said we'd be there all day. I didn't expect to be there all day, but we were there all day. Um, and we got not even halfway down the aisle of the first row of flowers. <laughs> like she was so into just taking pictures. So like, yeah. that passion, like that's, that is real. So it's, And it's, it's one of the most popular hobbies. And because of the, the unbelievable opportunity we now have in the digital photography landscape, you can really chase that passion without the encumbrances we used to have, uh, which presents its own unique challenges in the business side of photography. But as a as a as a passion bound person that just loves to take photographs, you can grab your digital camera, have a computer, and basically have a lab at your at your disposal. And it's just so I'm glad that's exciting. It's fun. It, it is a good time. So a question for you then: 
Yeah. If next time that we all can actually see people and be around people and be in big groups and there's some kind of conference like a funnel hacking live or whatever, uh, you, I don't know if you've ever thought to like, like go down there and then just do little photo shoots with, with people. And uh, if you do, we would like to be a part of that and get some of those, some, some shots. Well, in there. Uh, we, we tend to be in the shadows, but little known fact, we've been the official photography of for funnel hacking live for the last five years. So have you really? Um, we've been we've been Russell's team. So basically, all the two comma club X photos, all the photos you see on on most of Russell's posts, not all of them, but most of Russell's posts, uh, my myself, my wife, and our associate photographers have captured. So you didn't know that idea. I did not know that. Well, I, you know, it, we we are as a corporate photography team, especially we're there in service to our clients. So we tend to not brag about it. We tend to not talk about it. Uh, it's really interesting, though. I'll tell you one thing about photographing for the digital entrepreneur space one of the most satisfying things about being a photography team is you create a legacy. You're their storyteller. So the, I want to say thousands of countless hours that go into creating an event like Funnel Hacking Live, right? A five day high energy, minimum 12, more often 15 to 18 hour day. We're able to tell the story of that. And nobody uses our photos as much as the digital marketing world. And so Emily takes such great pride in in seeing them appreciate the photos enough and then consistently every day practically we'll we'll be on Russell's feed and we'll see he and his team are posting photos of his speakers of his time photos with uh, he and his wife he and his family it's just it's incredibly um pride inducing that that oh, you've yeah. had the opportunity you've been invited to be the person that that creates that legacy and that story so there you have it that's that's incredible. I'm going to st steal your thunder here for a second, Ron. So maybe a different one, maybe a different event that <laughs> because you're already working. Yeah. But you can get you know the hundred entrepreneurs and have it like be part of the ticket sales or be like, hey, you can buy this little package and get thirty minutes with me. Because uh, I I don't know. I think that would be a pretty cool idea there. It's yeah. a great entrepreneur idea. And, you know, one, one of the things that people are doing is a lot of conferences are sponsoring getting people's portraits or headshots captured, right? And so somebody will come in and, and pay the photography team to set up a little shop and then they get the exposure, right? Uh, LinkedIn is a big one. So we'll go to a lot of conferences and it'll be like the headshot studio by LinkedIn and we'll just be set up there and we'll be doing photos for people. So you're well ahead of your time, man. You're, <laughs> I like it. I'm selfishly wanting the pictures, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, listen, next time we're in the same town at the same place, I'll take your headshot. No um, problem. No problem at all. <laughs> no, I mean, again, being in the digital space, like I do graphics and that kind of stuff for people, and, and it's fun to see your work out there because, again, like you, I don't point out, hey, that's mine. I think it's cool when I'm flipping through the feed and something that I've created popped up. Yeah, I'm like, oh. That's cool. Right. Yeah. So, so that one, yours is a cooler story. So that's <laughs> awesome. Um, but I, I can, I can relate not on the same scale. Well, and let me, let me just tell the story just because you guys, you guys seem to have geeked out on that a little bit, probably because Russell is most one, not only one of the most amazing entrepreneurs in the space, but he's just an unbelievable person. Mm -hmm. Right. And the reason that I can say that is not only have I just had an ability to spend time around him, but um, we're an event service provider right? We provide a service to him and his team, uh, as opposed to being a client. And he treats us like 
the, the he's the kindest person to us. And that's not always the case. A lot of times when you're brought onto the team, you guys know if, you, if you've been right. in hospitality as an event provider, sometimes you're treated like staff, like the service professional, and we're treated like family. So not only an amazing entrepreneur, but an amazing person. But when I look back on, on how we were able to start working with him, it's when they did Funnel Hacking Live in Dallas. Mm-hmm. We were recommended by the hotel that the event was taking place because we had a great relationship with them. We always were an extension of their team and served their clients so well. But I remember I had the pleasure in Miami after an event, I asked Russell, I said, Russell, do you, you know, do you and Melanie remember how we had the opportunity to become your photographers of choice? And she said, looked at a number of different websites, liked your stuff, loved how you presented your brand. And then after the first funnel hacking live, it was how you did what you did as much as what you did. So, that is something Emily and I have been working on since we started our business is that if you do what you do uniquely, differently, exceed expectations, proactive, not reactive, you destroy your competition. You basically make them, you render them irrelevant because you're no longer a photographer. And we always said that. I said, I want people out there saying, oh, you want to hire a photographer? Stop worrying about hiring a photographer. Hire the Mamonis because X, Y, and Z. And so that's just, that's one of my favorite memories about that is it was the first time I was really able to speak with a client, especially such a high profile client that could hire any photographer they'd want to document these events. And in every other city, we've been to Vegas, Miami, all these places with Russell because he's appreciated us enough to say, pay for the flight. Don't care. Play for the hotel. Don't care. Come, come, please be part of our team again. It was one of the first times I said, it's working what we're doing the proof of concept we were hoping would work is working. So incredible. So, I mean, but it, it started like to anybody that's listening, it doesn't mean whatever you're doing, it doesn't have to be photography. Like if you start with the relationship and you're starting with the people first, then the profit, then you'll have the hotel recommend you for your service, right? You'll have the right person recommend you to the right, you know, next client. And and then you executed on what you said you would do. You executed on what the hotel said you would do, right? And so mm-hmm. now it's a job that flies around, right? Like, like you're saying, the event goes to Tennessee and it's been in San Diego and, and all these different places. There's people from around the world and Russell brings people in from all over the place, like the right people, right? And so he, but he could go find anybody. So it's, oh man, hats off, people first and profit. I love it. Absolutely incredible. Well, and and thank you. And and uh, yeah, please don't allow me to in any way indicate that this isn't a grind. Any entrepreneur that's out there knows that it's hard work. And to your point of, you know, you have to align all the moons and all the stars. It takes a while. Relationship marketing, which is what the People First and Profit Rally Cry is about. We're basically trying to gather relationship marketers basically that believe in we're going to play the long game. We're going to be here. We're going to serve our clients. We're going to serve our professional partners. And eventually the the things that are sown into the ground will reap the benefits of, but it's not the short game. It's not the quick win. And so when we look back on, to your point, the relationship we established with the hotel going above and beyond for every client, that meant the client that was uh, difficult to manage, the client that only needed us for an hour and not having some difficult way to work with us, all those types of things paved the path one brick at a time to a client that then came along and said, hey, you know, we would like for you to be a part of our event. And then, hey, come all around the country with us because we know that you're a proven rock star that's going to take great care of us, give us a good experience. So just keep serving your client. And if I can add real quick, 
Can we dissect the people first and profit thing for for your audience real quick? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So people sometimes think people first and profit is um, a correlative relationship. They just sit side by side. And I just want people to understand that it's a causal relationship. Okay. And that means you put the if then in there. If you put people first, then the profit will come. And the reason that's so important is because people feel like they have to worry about the bottom line. If I don't make money, I won't be a sustainable business. I have to focus on the dollars. But the struggle there is you forget about the people, the profits will be smaller. They will be quicker wins, but they won't be sustainable. It's when you put people first, the profit will come and it will sustain on. And so if we keep using uh, the very kind and generous and great to work with Russell and the ClickFunnels family, it's sustained on because we built it based on people first. And so I just want the audience to remember that and, and use that in their tactics. No, that is that again. So this is, this is a crazy interview. So hospitality, photography, you, the core values like align with what Corey and I like preach all the time. Mm -hmm. There's so many times that we've said over and over again, it's, we're not doing what we do for the money. We're doing it to help people create an impact and get their message out. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we undercut like even our own stuff for people because their message are, is that important that we want to help them get it out there. Right. And we want to remove the excuse. And if we do things the right way, like we've grown everything we've grown this whole past year by word of mouth, zero advertising, because mm -hmm. we took care of the people in the right fashion and made sure that we over delivered on top of it mm -hmm. because we, it was more about them than about us. And we just know that if you do the right things and you have the right values, it's going to come back to you. And we had faith that that's what would happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have this cute little saying that I started picking up because I wanted people to understand that it's not only this idea of paying it forward. It's not waiting for change. Mm -hmm. You got to pay it forward and not wait for change. You you put it out onto the, into the universe. You know, I'm going to overserve. I'm going to overdeliver. I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to make sure that their mission is my mission. Their message is resonated in mine. Everything's aligning. You just pay it forward and don't wait for change. This is not a immediately symbiotic relationship, and that's why it's sometimes hard for people to understand, right? That there will be ROI, and I'm doing the air quotes for those of you that are listening to the podcast return on intention, mm -hmm. return on investment, of course, return on, there's a million different types of return ons. And so don't forget that it doesn't have to be this immediate. I did this, you do that. Uh, it's not a quid pro quo. It is a long game that you have to play. And if you keep playing it and you keep your head down, it will work. It'll pay off far more than anything else. All right, Don, I'm going to switch it, switch gears a little bit on you because I feel like you do things a little bit differently in regards to just building your business, getting your name out, like how many podcasters are, I'm sorry, how many photographers and photography business owners are out there in the way that you are in regards to the people first in regards to actually, uh, I see, you know, you have your own podcast, right? Like, I think you were doing your own blog. Um, but yeah, tell us like, what's, what's kind of your whole business strategy on, on getting your name out there and getting your business to obviously you've got the people first and that's how you get the sustainable, sustainable folks, but how do you get the new business and what's your kind of like whole tactics on that stuff? 
Well, thanks for asking. And you weren't wrong. You know, you said you podcast. I am a podcaster uh, now. Uh, I have the People First and Profit podcast, but but by trade, I'm a I'm a photographer. Uh, up until March of this year, I'm I'm not afraid to say that that the terrible pandemic that has impacted absolutely everybody impacted Emily and I. It basically sidelined the business because we are. 95% corporate and nonprofit events. So where some social continued to happen, some people were doing micro weddings and such, that's just not been part of our portfolio for the last five or six years. So um, when when that got sidelined, I, I, I entered into the content creator space, largely because of my relationship with Russell, with ClickFunnels and with the funnel hacking community. So thank you to anybody that's hearing the sound of my voice that's part of that community. It is the most genuine, authentic, uh, and giving community of folks I could ever imagine. When I conceived of building this business with my wife and we sat down, ultimately, I go back to what we said about the fact that you want to not necessarily outdo your competition. You want to render them so insignificant in that that you're providing different things. You want to eliminate your competition from a perspective of you make what you do and how you do it so distinct that you're no longer the photographer to your client. You're the Mamonis or, or whatever your title is. And what that means is you guys, you got to dig deep. You got to figure out at your DNA. Okay. What is your unique DNA to what you do and how you do it? And as an example, when Emily and I were more in the social space, I talked about Emily quite a bit because you're you're oftentimes dealing with a bride, bride, female, gender, many of them thinking about their wedding day for many years. Emily is A, a woman, B, she was in the fashion industry, C, she was a model, D, E, F, G, H, all of the things that brought Emily to the place that she was as a photographer in the social market, our brides are like, really, 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 really? And it got to a point where there's so often that they would say, really? Oh my gosh, that's so great. That when they would line us up, it wasn't, oh, well, they take pictures and they take pictures and, oh, they do nice edits and they do nice edits. It was literally like, well, over here, we have Emily, who is a model, who understands anatomy, who understands composition, who understands how to make me look and feel the most confident, who, who, who. And all of a sudden it was no longer, right? Apples to apples. It was it was apples to diamonds. Uh -huh. And in in the corporate space, you know, I was a director of events for eight years. And then I went to work in the corporate office for two more years. And so you better believe every time I talk to a corporate planner or someone else, I just slip that in there casually. You know, boy, I'm, I know you must be uh, doing blank right now because you sure are hustling with what I know is due, your BEOs and your chef and your this and that. Oh, how do you, oh, that's right. You were director of events. All of a sudden, we have a point at which we can relate. I can tell them about that third eye that a director of events always has. And they're like, oh, wait, my director, uh, my photographer has a director events third eye. That's awesome. Come on, let's do this thing. So that's that's genuinely the high level strategy. Now, how you do that is really challenging. It requires that you get a really, 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 really big shovel or you get five or 10 people that are part of your core group and you all start digging together until you get down to that point where the gold is. And that gold is... This is what I do and how I do it so differently than anybody else that there's no choice but to hire me. Now, uh, so I got to touch on a couple things you said. So one, the ClickFunnels community, uh, we went to Funnel Hacking Live this past year and I remember coming home and telling my wife, 
everyone is so competitive, just not with each other. It's with themselves. And everyone is so giving to help you because they don't look at anybody as competition. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's first off. But the other thing that, that I love that I want to touch on Mm -hmm. is you were relating, I'm going to go back to Starbucks. So Starbucks, instead of coffee, they just say Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Kleenex instead of a tissue, it's just Kleenex. Yep. And you've done that with photography now, the Mamones. I, I hope so. I mean, there's it's funny because anytime something becomes a verb is the other yeah. way I say it, right? So you, yeah. you can only become the name of the product, but if you become a verb, like, hey, I'm just going to Uber or just Facebook me, right? Like you right. become a verb. Like I would love for people to be like, I just got Mamonied. I don't know. We can make that a thing, but yes. I mean, ultimately what you really want to do is you want to become the leader and the owner in your space. So here's a quick anecdote. So I, I do a, a thing called build a better business and the build a better business concept takes you through four key elements of the business. And the first one is branding. And I remind people that branding wasn't a word that came out of somewhere. And I live in Texas now. Branding is what ranchers do to cattle. You take a really, really big, long metal stick with with your logo or your icon on the end. You heat it up to unbelievable levels of heat, and you literally press it into the flesh of your cattle to say, this is my cattle. And what does that do? That establishes identity, and it establishes ownership. So what would happen is all these cattle would go onto the same trails to get them from Dallas or San Antonio to Oklahoma to, to wherever so that they could be sold. Well, when you... When you put your cattle on that, you think a lot of the cows look alike? <laughs> I mean, there's probably only so many ways the cows look. So <laughs> you see your brand and you're like, okay, I identify that's my cow and I own it. That's what you're doing with your branding. Yeah. That's what you're doing with your branding is you're identifying that that's my brand and you're saying, I own my market. And so if you don't dig deep enough and you don't, when see, people see our logo, I honestly, I genuinely hope they don't see, oh yeah, that's that photography team. They think, man, that's the Mamonis. You know what about them? Boy, I tell you, they work, they're in first outlast. They're always going the extra mile, this, that, or the other. And that's the difference. That's when you create a brand that people recognize and you create an identity and ownership in your market that people can't take away from you, which is why we believe in collaboration over competition. People can't take our business from us because if somebody came to them and said, by the way, there's this other photographer, they'd be like, it's so cute. How you think you could ever tell me that there's another photography team out there? Like, no, I mean, that's what we hope for. I'm not saying that's what happens. I'm just hoping that that's, that's our goal is to make it so that those people are such raving fans that there could be a million photographers in the marketplace. They would just still want to work with us. Ah, So good. So many little gold nuggets for anybody listening. Collaboration over competition is the latest and greatest. Uh, And and so I just want to, I want to want to go back a little bit before uh, we dig farther into build a better business. But, you know, from a a hindsight perspective, we all know hindsight's 2020. If if you could actually go back in time, give yourself a little advice, a, a younger Don Mamoni, back in the day, what advice would you give? Uh, when would you go back? And uh, yeah, just tell us why. So this one is so easy because I've had the pleasure of of interviewing a number of different entrepreneurs on, on the podcast. And first thing, a little bit of a tangent, but first thing, because you guys mentioned it, was, was you do it for the fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I am 20-something episodes in, and almost every entrepreneur I've talked to, unprompted by me, in some way or another, has talked directly to or hinted around about fulfillment. Many of them have left successful careers in corporate America, making six and seven figures, great benefits package, health and vacation and all that, 
because they weren't fulfilled. And so I just want to, if you're listening to the sound of this voice on this podcast, if you're doing it for the fulfillment, don't give up, grind it out, make it work. The hindsight is so easy for me. When I went from the hotel to corporate America and then picked up my passion, it didn't matter about the money because it was a side hustle, but it didn't matter about the money because I was having so much fun and I loved it and I enjoyed it. And what I realized immediately was I was able to take something that I loved, which was photography and something that I was good at and loved as well. And that was personal interaction, which is why event photography became my jam. Ron, your wife sounds like an amazing artist. I couldn't take pictures of flowers all day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I literally, I don't think I could take pictures of anything all day unless it were by people, for people, of people. It has to involve people. So we do product photography, but that's always about telling someone's story of the product that they labored over to create and bring into the world. And so there always has to be people involved. When I went from being in corporate America to, to really hustling in my business, it was my wife and I, and we never thought about the benefit of going to someone and saying, hey, I want your help. I want your help to figure out the inroads, to figure out you know, how to build a better business, how to, how to, how to. I just assumed like, hey, I'm an entrepreneur now. I just have to grind it out. It's, it's a slog. It's hard work. And it is. It's all those things. But if I could go back and tell myself one thing, it'd be like, listen, it doesn't have to be this hard. Go find yourself a coach or a catalyst someone that can help you understand that's done it before. Uh, I call those people my trailblazers because even to this day and in this new space for the last nine months, as I've built a business around coaching and consulting and, and catalyst other business, I've looked to people and been like, Hey, when you started, what'd you do? That's my trailblazer. They did it already. And if they believe in collaboration over competition, they're going to say, dude, so easy, do these three things. And it may not be exactly the same. Nobody can answer exactly how you're supposed to do something, but there's going to be enough commonalities where you can be like, oof, man, I didn't have to climb over the mountain. There's this path over here. I can go right around it and get to the same place faster and with less work. So that, that's what I would tell myself. Man, you were, you were speaking to my, like my jam, like this whole interview is like really strange because for, for us, it's about how do we teach what people are going through that we got stuck on to help them not get stuck to get past through. They might still have to go through that, right? Because yeah. sometimes people aren't like understanding here's the shortcut. Yeah. But there's people out there that if they hit that shortcut, they're going to stop. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to stop. We don't want, we don't want their message to get hindered and we don't want them to not understand that everyone went through something like that. And just to push push through it because as you get closer to whatever it is you're meant to do, things somehow start get pushed back on you. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's when you have to go, okay, I'm going to lean in, I'm going to push and I'm going to, I'm going to go for what I know I'm supposed to be doing. So you have to have some conviction on that, but I love, love everything you're doing, but I want to know a little bit about, you know, Corey talked about the hindsight piece, but what are you doing now? What's, is it the business of the box? What, what are you doing? Man, I got to tell you, uh, Every day is a new adventure for me right now. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that I tell everybody to do, and that's to show your soft underbelly um, in the entrepreneur space. Everybody, uh, I think, looks at social media and they see a lot of people living their best life. But there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not so in shade. Yeah, no, no, so in shade. Like you do do what you do, but there's a place for vulnerability and to show people that like, hey, this is a grind. This is a slog. There's a lot of work. So my soft underbelly is I'm a relationship marketer, man. Like. 
when I built my business, when Emily and I worked, we were out shaking hands, kissing babies, telling people we want to be an extension of your team, earning business. So the digital entrepreneur space has been difficult for me. Corey, I got to tell you, man, you've been so kind. Uh, you've been like, hey, do you have a link to that thing? I still don't have a link to that thing because <laughs> that's not my superpower, right? My superpower is this, talking to folks and being a relationship marketer. So uh, right now, what I'm trying to do is build out the infrastructure of an online business that allows me to more easily engage with people who are like, hey, that sounds really interesting. Can you tell me more? Normally, the do you, could you tell me more is literally me moving my mouth and telling them more. And now it's a lot more of, yep, just go check out this URL. It'll tell you everything you need to know. So uh, just this year, um, I don't know if you guys know who Dr. Lindsay Padilla is. She's amazing. She's the co-founder of Hello Audio. Mm -hmm. And she did the Build a Better Beta. I was introduced to her concept by Cassie Brown with Amplify My Impact, who's a huge member of the ClickFunnels community and her business partner, Jorge Vasquez. But I built a beta program last year and it was so successful. And I went through it just like they recommend. And I learned and grew, grew from it. And now it's, I need to commercialize it. There's a lot of people that will benefit from the things that I was able to instill in these entrepreneurs and that they shared back with me. So the Build a Better Business coaching program and course is about those four elements that I, I talked about, right? The branding, the marketing, the sales, and the experience creation that will allow you to make your competition irrelevant. And so right now, uh, I opened the coaching program last week. Um, I did the beta program at the end of last year, and I'm starting it up uh, probably the first week of February. We'll have another round of it. It's a, it's a five, six-week program that each week we walk through another step of that. There's worksheets that you do because ultimately... I believe in three things when it comes to, to coaching and course creation. You got to inspire people, which, which lifts them up and, and gets them excited. You got to motivate them. Now, what's the difference between inspiration and motivation? Motivation is, I want that. I can do that too. That looks like something that I can really get behind. That's going to solve my problem and help me achieve my goal. And then education, most importantly almost is, but how do I get there? Like what's the actual tactical implementation where the rubber meets the road, where I can get to that endpoint? And so these programs are going to do everything from the flight map, which is you know strategic outlook, down to the uh, the flight plan, down to the roadmap that says these are the turns you're going to take. This is how you're going to get there. Uh, because just like you said, Ron, I can't imagine people being like, it's too hard. I give up. <laughs> Not only for them, but for all the people whose lives they'll change. That's exactly it. It's funny. If you stop, you, you cheat yourself, but that's not as important as the people that you could have impacted and you're cheating them. hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so Ron and I, we've got a couple of programs out there and, and one of them, you know, we could, we could go put it on a ClickFunnels membership site and people could go and get access to it. And the 10% could complete it and the 90% could never do it. And it wouldn't matter. Right. But Ron and I, we do it different. We only give them access to half the program. Like almost like a weekend, a week at a time. And yeah. then, and then we lock it and it's like, Hey, we're here to make sure you don't get overwhelmed. You're going to do steps one and two, and then we'll give you steps three and four. Right? And we'll give them all the assets. Like we're doing the work for them. All they yeah. have to do is answer the questions. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For, from podcasts, we'll do like the graphic art and the editing and for our funnels and our other program that mm -hmm. they have a higher ticket program that we don't have a site for either. We don't have a link for either. We just got people in it, just be without the link as well. Right. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm working with some folks that are going to help me clear that hurdle. Uh, and in the meantime, something that I love about what you just talked about and, and why any coaching course, coaching, whatever, there's always going to be a live element to it. 
So for example, the digital course I'm putting together for the build a better business digital course, it's still going to be like, Hey, week one, watch these videos or whatever the digital element of it is Thursday, show up to the room, do the Q and a finish, you know, whatever the, the homework is because of this one thing, you know, whatever the one thing is, it's the bridge, the gap, you know, how you bridge the gap group accountability process. You have to have people, right? <laughs> yeah, mic drop. <laughs> you have to have people that you have to look straight in the eye. And I'm looking you guys right through my webcam, straight in the eye and say, I didn't do it. Yeah. I phoned it in, right? And it's the difference between not getting out of bed and going to work out and, and not getting out of bed. And there's a guy waiting at the gym or a gal waiting at the gym for you, tapping their foot thinking, I can't believe you didn't show up and you let me down you're much less likely to fail in the second case. So that's why so much what I do involves group and community. They lift each other up. They help teach. They help pull along. And so uh, I liken it to the train, right? You can be the, you, Ron, you and Corey can be the engine. You can drive that train all day long, but each of the people is coupled together and they pull each other along. If you uncouple and you leave one behind, we'll never catch up. It's, so. it, it's like geese. I was explaining this to my daughter because they fly like this, right? So they all take turns being the lead geese, or the lead goose, right? Yep. Because the the wind helps them all fly. And when yep. one gets tired, they go in the back and another one takes over. And, and that's the exact same mentality that we're trying to do. And then again, we're, t we're removing excuses. Okay. So we've got the graphics. Corey's the funnel builder. Uh, I do eBooks, like all of those pieces. Like if you need it, you just say you need it. And then over the four months, you have everything you're possibly going to need, except for your voice to go out there and actually do it. Which is, the, it's the core concept behind the genuine and authentic, right? There's a certain part of your business that you can't outsource that, that nobody can create for you. And that's typically your mission, your message, your voice, your authenticity, your genuine nature. If, if you have a friction, and this is goes back to, to your great question and the topic of this podcast, which is hindsight, right? If, if there's a friction point, somebody can come along and be like, you know, there's a squeaky wheel here. Let me put some oil on it. Or let me, let me add this uh, twist to this wrench or whatever it is. Employ that person oh, yeah. because every moment of your day is an opportunity cost, right? And the, in your most precious commodity, it's more... Myron Golden talks about it all the time. Your time is infinitely more valuable than your money. You can always make more money, but you just can't make more time. So, you know, again, such great advice to your audience about making sure that they allow people like you to do the things that your superpower and then just take care of your mission, your message. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's funny, Ron and I, we actually did a a, a short show on the outsourcing earlier today. Right. And so it's like figuring out and the, the basis is the time versus, uh, you know, the money. Right. And it's like, if you have a bunch of stuff on your list that you can't get to and you're not spending the quality time at, at, with the family or friends or whoever you want to need and want to be with, then you got to figure out a way to outsource. And so, uh, that's definitely a hot topic for Ron and I, and, and much appreciated on that conversation. Yeah, man. I, I, I'm so glad you talk about it because it's, 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 and it's not always a, a correlated relationship of one-to-one -one ratio, right? I am going to do this thing. So graphic design, Ron, I'm a visual artist. I love to use my camera to create images, but I, I'm not a very good graphic designer. And there were times when I would pour over InDesign or something thinking, I'm sure I can do this. And I would spend an hour or two hours and be like, oh, that's all right. And then somebody that's a graphic designer would have done it in seven minutes and it would have been gorgeous. 
So yes. always remember that. Here's my story. This is yeah. my story. So I thought that I could tile my bathroom. <laughs> okay. So I was, I, I convinced my wife that I could tile my bathroom. So I took down the tile and sure enough, it was an older house. There was mold on the, the back wall. So I had to tear out all the wall. Mm-hmm. And I was what, three, four months into this stupid project. <laughs> and because we live out in the country, so I'd have to drive back and forth to the store. It was annoying. So one Saturday, I remember this clearly. I went to the store. It was my third trip to the store. And I come home and I go upstairs and I needed to go back to the store because I I am not a handyman. So I don't have tools, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I remember coming down and I told my wife, I go, we have we have two options, really. One, we never use the shower again. Like <laughs> ever. ever for any reason. We just don't own the shower. Or two, my friend Jeremy, who does that, comes and finishes the project. So I called him, he came, he finished it in like three hours. Yep. I was so angry. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So yeah. and so know your who, understand you don't have to do everything and just focus on your superpower. It's so hard. Uh, I'm, I'm dating myself here, but you know, in the, I think nineties and early aughts, the do it, dump it, delegate it, uh, yep. concept was immensely popular. Yep. You would, it's so hard for an entrepreneur because we're all control freaks and we all care so much about everything we do. We're so passionate. The delegate part is nearly impossible. And so I spend a lot of time earlier. I think <laughs> I, I maybe I, I, I don't know where, but I just, it's, it is remarkable how hard it is to get entrepreneurs to delegate. And the, one of the most important elements, not only to just your quality of life, but to scaling. If you ever want to scale a business and you want to work on your business instead of in it, you've got to be able to delegate. You got to be able to trust other people. 100%. Okay. So I know there's people out there like, I need to connect with Don. I, I, I've seen you in Clubhouse, but where can people find you and connect with you the best to, to get them into what you're doing? Yeah, man. So you mentioned Clubhouse, which is a whole nother conversation. I'm a huge fan of it. I'm just going to leave it at this. If you're listening to this and you are an entrepreneur or business owner and you're not on Clubhouse yet, you should be. It is the most authentic and genuine way that we can interact in the two-dimensional world similarly that we do in the three-dimensional world. So get on it. Uh, you know, man, this is the easiest call to action I can do just because I haven't completely built out the digital uh, footprint of my business. I have a nice website. It's peoplefirstthenprofit.com. Nice. Go to peoplefirstthenprofit.com. I'm literally Don Mamoni on every single platform except for the TikTok because I'm too old for that business. But uh, uh, no, sorry. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all of the places, Clubhouse. I'm at Don Mamoni, so you can reach me there. But if you go to peoplefirstthenprofit.com at this point, you can send me an email. You can sign up for the newsletter. I do a really, really nice uh weekly zoom every monday morning at 10 a.m central that has been an unbelievable community of people that just come together for about an hour we celebrate wins we crowdsource solutions to their struggles we chat a little bit and then we send them off into to get their week started so there's a ton of resources there jump there send me an email reach out engage i'll take care of you Uh, so good don uh definitely uh more more than I bargained for when I asked you to be on the show and uh, you definitely have over delivered for us and for anyone listening. And it's been a, an absolute pleasure and a great conversation. So thanks. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks Don.
Woo! All right. So I think I think that show probably could have gone for another hour and a half. I don't know about you, Ron, but I started running out of space from notes I was taking. So what do you got? I hope you got a couple takeaways because if you don't, I got you covered. I got I got some some deep ones. So gosh, okay, I'm gonna go with the deep one first. Okay. He he started with 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 this statement towards the beginning of the interview, and I wrote it down because I I think it's important. Now or never. It's now or never, right? And usually, usually when people think of that, they look at it as, okay, I'm too old, so it's now or never, right? So I've made decisions in my life where it's like, okay, I, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it, right? So I'm going to challenge people, instead of saying now or never, just go make a change and see what happens. Because what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? If you try something and you fail at it, that's the worst that can happen. You failed. Right. Right. So I think we 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 don't do the now because they we are protecting ourselves from failing. Right. So that's one. The other one that I think is just so valuable, and I think people forget this, and I think people are forgetting this in the digital space. And it was so refreshing that he talked about this was serve your clients. Well, serve your clients well. And if you serve your clients well, guess what's going to happen? Your clients will help you find clients. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So true. And, uh, you know, uh, one more ad that Don mentioned that I hope everybody caught is go find a coach, go find someone to help you grow. Be, go find someone to help you make less mistakes because we're all going to make mistakes, right? Like go get the coach to get you over that hurdle that you need. Uh, if, especially, you know, if you are a coach, you better well have a coach. Uh, and then lastly, I know I already mentioned it, but collaboration over competition. Uh, I love the easy, uh, quick, you know, things that a person can remember. And uh, you and I, are, you know, we're all about the partnerships. We're all about finding ways that we can help others level up while we level up like there's there's no one left behind like let's all go together and so collaboration over competition i love that uh, all right everyone thank you so much it's been a blast i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did and uh if you are watching live hit us up in the comments if you didn't catch it live well head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash now 22 and we'll see you on in there guys thanks for being the best part of the hindsight hackers community